Iowa everywhere. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This is Iowa Everywhere. And now, it's time for Two Guys Named Chris. Powered by Fairway Meat and Grocery. This is Iowa Everywhere. For the fans. And what is going on? Welcome to Two Guys Named Chris here on Monday, October 3rd. Of course, we are presented by our friends at Fairway Meat and Grocery. My name is Chris Williams, joined as always by Chris Hassel down in the beautiful state of Florida. What what do they say? Misery loves company? I guess this is a... Yep, two guys named Chris talking about two uh, ugly losses. I mean, I kind of felt like you... Like trying to win a game, fourteen to eleven. It's like, man, this is this is like Big Ten West territory. Where yeah, no here. kidding. I mean, my God, and Kansas's defense is bad. What what the hell kind of showing was that? That was that was that was really here, surprising. Here's my problem with that game. Is Kansas is five and zero? Okay, hosting game day this week, and I don't think they're any good. I don't think they're Re- very good. Relatively speaking. Yeah, I'm sure like, you I mean, think they're a bowl team, but... I mean, I just watched Baylor, and I think Baylor's a lot better than Kansas. Well, I don't think there's any doubt. Baylor, Oklahoma State... I think Iowa State's better than Kansas, and they just kept pissing it down their leg, man. Like, that's... Honestly, it's what I think. Like, I... The, uh, Iowa State... Bad. Yes. It was, they, it was just a bad... If they had... L- listen, if you have somewhat competent special teams, you win the game. It's almost like your conversations with your offense. Like, how many yes. times have you been able to say that? Like, yes. If the if our offense, being Iowa now, is in the top one hundred, we win. Like, how many That's times have said, you it, said that? If Iowa has the 99th best offense in the country, they can compete for everything. They can win any game. If Iowa State had the 99th best special teams unit, they would have won that game. That was, that was one of p- that was that pathetic. was one of the most frustrating Iowa State games I think I've ever watched, and that's going back to when they sucked, right? I mean, you, you won't see me. I'm not going to be the guy on here like questioning like Matt Campbell being the leader of the program and doing all that crap that I saw all day on Saturday. I will not do that because I've been around for far worse situations. That was one of the single most frustrating games I have ever watched. What was the most frustrating thing about it? That Kansas almost, it was like they were wanting Iowa State to take the game. Kansas didn't look like a winning football team. That was the problem. Like They looked like the old Kansas. Like They kept screwing things up, kept bailing Iowa State out, kept giving you shot after shot to take that game. And Iowa State just couldn't get out of its own way. Three missed field goals. Muffed punt, a um, couple turnovers, right? And you couldn't run the football. Now, 
Jirel Brock going down was obviously a very big deal. I think we learned there's a pretty big difference between him and those other guys. Um, but, man, you, you averaged less than one yard per rush on the ground. Now, granted, that included the five sacks, so it's a little bit skewed. Um, but the five sacks is a huge – like, we're watching Deckers, I feel like, hassle to me. Doesn't it look like a guy who you look at it and he's got all this talent, but he's we're watching growing pains. He doesn't have the intangible stuff right now. Pocket awareness. Um, he was he's he's been pretty bad the last six quarters mm -hmm. of football or so. So it, it was just the 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 fact for me what what was most frustrating is all that goes wrong, and you really I still like. I, I, here's the deal. I don't feel like they should have won because any team that makes all those mistakes shouldn't win any football game, especially on the road in confidence. But damn it, it was right there for the taking. And if you get away with that from that with a win, you're like, feel yes. really good. Right? That, that's how I feel. I, I felt at the end of that game, they had a chance to steal it from Kansas mm -hmm. because they did so many things to allow Kansas to, at times – maybe open up a two, three score lead in this game and Kansas never did it. And Iowa State hung around and hung around and hung around. And that's why I thought on that final drive, they needed to score a touchdown. That, that they, they could not afford to put that on the field goal kicker once again. Because even if you do that, even if you make that kick, you're probably going to have to make another in you're overtime right. to win the game. Yeah, no, you're right. And I, will, I won't lie, at the time... Live in the moment, I was kind of. First of all, I I was wrong, obviously, but I thought at the time the play was to kick it because those other two misses that he had weren't bad. They just hit the upright, right? It, they weren't like that one. But you know what um, I kept thinking about? I kept thinking about the bad snap, the botched PAT. Oh yeah, I kept you're right. Thinking about that, yeah, because it's no, the same I, snapper, same holder. Yeah, and when you play overtime in college football, you are yielding yourself to the kicker and your special mm -hmm. teams a lot. Um, but, yeah, obviously a lot of debate on that. Then where do you go from here with Iowa State? Um, first of all, I do want to give a shout-out to Fairway. We didn't really give a, a proper one. Thank you to Fairway for sponsoring what we're doing here on Iowa Everywhere. We are over a month old. We appreciate all of you for watching, listening, everything, all of our great sponsors. So thanks to Fairway Meat and Grocery. Uh, let's Real quick, we'll dip into Iowa, and then we'll get more into our in-depth breakdowns on these games. I mean, listen, like, they – it was kind of what we all thought, right? Like, it wasn't – maybe the defense wasn't as good as we thought it would be for Iowa. Yes. Maybe the offense uh, that, I, was a I little would say bit that. better. Yeah, I was yeah. surprised how Michigan came out and just punched Iowa right in the mouth time and time again on that opening drive. Yeah, set the tone early. Yes, that that took the air out of the building, took the air out of my lungs. And, and when they did that, there wasn't a single time th throughout the rest of the game I thought Iowa had a legit chance to win this game. I, I The way they just took it to Iowa right off the bat, that that's just something I was so excited for the game because I thought this defense is so good if they can keep Iowa in it get see what this crowd can do and on that opening drive 
they didn't have a single play that was like, okay, yeah, all right, here we go. Like, they didn't stop. They didn't, I think one time they held them to three or four yards on a play. Everything else was like seven yards, 12 yards, four yards, six yards, 20 yards. And they just, they proved that, I, I, Michigan proved that they were better than I thought they were. Now, how good are they? I don't know. Because once they got the lead, they kind of knew, you know, <laughs> Iowa's probably not coming back. But the way they took it to Iowa to start that game, um, it, it showed me quite a bit from Michigan. And it it showed me that maybe Iowa doesn't have the best defense in the country. They have one of the best, but maybe not the best. Maybe they're not as elite as we thought they were because they were susceptible to some explosive plays and and they no longer I don't think they even I don't think they have a top defense anymore I think Illinois defense ranks ahead of Iowa going into the game this week Illinois a three and a half point favorite in that one uh which nobody would have thought at the beginning of the year I will say my over on the Illinois win total at four is looking pretty good right now gotta get one more baby gotta get one now are we starting to worry a little bit about the Iowa State over that we? I mean, I, I chalked that as a win a couple weeks ago. The over yeah, six I mean, and a half. <laughs> here, here's the good and the bad with this Big Twelve. Like we've covered it. Like you're probably going to be in a lot of these games, uh, but there's no game on the schedule. You're like, oh, well, that's a win. There's not one, not a single one of them. Now, and that was what was another part that was so damn frustrating hassle about Saturday is do you know how many yards Kansas had in the second half not many 26 I mean there were a few possessions because Iowa Iowa State State had the ball so long doubled them up in first downs and you muster up 11 points right like just it's similar conversation to Iowa in that sense like Iowa State's defense should keep it in a lot of these big 12 games but you got to be able to put the damn ball in the end zone so who would have had Brian Campbell's or <laughs> Brian Ferentz's offense? Who would have had Brian Ferentz's offense score more than Tom Manning's offense? <laughs> Kansas and Michigan. Yeah, it's a great point. <laughs> Iowa's offense wasn't bad there for that that part of the fourth quarter. Like it actually well, looked like a real offense. But Iowa's offense always looks like that once they fall behind several scores. It's just how it is that they always seem to not every time didn't happen in the big 10 championship game, but they open things up a little bit more because they have to. And, and that's when they start having a little bit more success. Petrus made a throw that was incredible down the seam when they were trailing by 13. I've never seen him make a throw like that. I've seen him make some good throws. Not that was his best throw of the season and maybe of his career. But then they get it down there and they can't punch it in to cut it to six and make it interesting. There was that drive, I think it was in the second quarter, if I'm not mistaken, where Iowa was threatening. They they had good field position. And Petrus, it was right, remember when I texted you? Yeah. He missed and, three straight throws. Yeah, and they were all there. They were all there. Just make a decent throw and any wide receiver worth a damn catches the ball and you're at least getting on the scoreboard at that point. Right. And that was kind of the epitome of the Iowa offense to me. Um, It was the Brad Banks 20th anniversary team. 
You you made a great tweet. You pulled out um, highlights from Brad. Th- that 2002 seems like just forever ago now. But, man, it was it was really incredible watching Brad Banks maneuver mm-hmm. around those Big Ten defenses compared to what we've seen. And it's just hard to believe that Kirk Ferentz was the coach of that team. Kirk Ferentz brought Brad Banks into the program. Brian Ferentz was on that team. And they've never had a quarterback like that again. Now, I'm not saying have a quarterback. You know, you you got lightning in a bottle with Brad Banks. I mean, he was a Heisman runner-up. Yeah. But to never really, one, recruit a guy like that or put a guy like that into a game, because I think there were times where they, they, they recruited Marvin McNutt as a quarterback. There were times where they've had guys like that on the roster, but they've either have they haven't seen the field or they've transitioned to other positions on the field. And when you had that much success with that kind of quarterback, how can you never again go back there? When college football continues to evolve more and more into that and you're you're going backwards. That was 20 years ago. That's what the Iowa offense was 20 years ago. Brad Banks, explosiveness, dual threat. And they never again go back to it. And now... It's it's not just a pro style passer; it's a statue passer. Like if you get pressure on on and, Petrus, and he's not even a good passer. That's the thing. Like if he was like hyper accurate, that would be one thing. Yes. So that 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 really kind of puts things into perspective. When here's you where my confidence is again. Okay, so the the misery we love company. Mm-hmm. My perspective was Iowa State kicks the field goal to get to eleven. And I say to my father-in-law who's sitting next to me, I go, that might be the game because I wasn't convinced that Iowa State could go down without turning the ball over at that point. Mm. Because Deckers just looked completely out of sorts with his receiver. It was weird. I, yeah, he was I not held like my that breath earlier. He was not every like that time, earlier. I, yeah, I held my breath every time Deckers had the ball. And even when he was completing passes, I mean, they were simple little – I mean, it was always to Hutchinson. He and should it was have had simple like crossing routes. three more interceptions in the second half that yeah. were either dropped or his the throw was so off that the defense couldn't even get to it. Yeah, that's it's really disheartening to see. Kansas was giving up 33 points a game to the FBS, and they held Iowa, Iowa State to 11 points. I mean, one touchdown. So how many rushing yards? Sixteen. I know Brock got injured, but sixteen rushing yards. I looked up to see how many rushing because it's not a you know it, it, it's a passing sport now. But looking back at the three FBS teams that they had beaten prior, you know the West Virginias and the Houston's and the Dukes, all of them rushed for over 139 yards. They gave up 146, 174, 139. So this was not a good defense. In fact, I would go as as far as to say it's a bad defense. And Iowa State's offense was somehow worse with one of the best receivers in the country. He was targeting Hutchinson, by the way, was targeted 19 times. Decker's dropped back 48 times. 19 of those go to Hutchinson. So he's clearly... Locking on to the, and he, I mean, 
some point you expect that with X being the man that he is. But man, okay. Um, Paul Chris gets fired. Back to the Iowa offense. Mm-hmm. We're zigzagging here. That's all right. Forth. Misery loves company. Yeah, That's because the we're the show. Yes. Like, what do you want? Iowa and Iowa State wants? fans kind of we're in the all... same boat. Exact same record. Pissed off at the offense. I mean, Iowa State's offense, that looked like a totally different group than the 99-yard drive yes. in Kinnick Stadium. Like, Deckers was in control. He was yeah, – whatever. Uh, Paul Chris being fired at Wisconsin. Um, there's a lot of theories going on out there that they are going to become the new Nebraska, right? Because Chris basically averages nine games per season that this could be a problem. I, my first thought was, I mean, in my mind, and I'm sure there's probably a couple, but you've got like these two dinosaurs that are left in in relevant college football being Iowa and Wisconsin. And it feels to me like Wisconsin's staking a claim that we're not going to be that dinosaur anymore, depending on what they do going forward as far as style of play goes. Did you – as an Iowa fan, have any thoughts about that when you saw this news? Not that Kirk Ferentz is going to get fired. We know that that isn't going to happen, but it um, spoke volumes to me watching Illinois just punk them. And then, because mm-hmm. I can't imagine they keep this style of play going forward. I don't know, because they've done it so well and so much better than Iowa has done it over the last <laughs> 15 years. And I did, were the fans sick of it? I, I I don't know. You win like that, and it's fine. But when Washington State and Illinois come in and punk your ass in front of your your home fans, th- this move didn't surprise me because of that, because of the way they lost. And what the thing it really said to me was, wow, Wisconsin's a lot different than Iowa. Wisconsin has a lot higher standards than Iowa because they made a move on mm. Paul Christ that Iowa never, ever, ever would make. Because they, and I'm not saying that Iowa should have fired Kirk Ferentz a long time ago. I'm not saying that. I'm just, because this might not work out. We don't know. But what I'm saying is they expect more. You know, a, a Vegas Bowl victory, nine wins and a Vegas Bowl victory doesn't cut it for Wisconsin. That's a successful season for Iowa. You just go up there and you say nine wins, successful season. At Wisconsin, you win, you know, you win 12, 11, 13, 8, 10, 11, 9, and then you get off to a slow start, gone. I think that's the difference in the programs. Wisconsin now feels like they are uh, more of a Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, and that they they need to make a move because Nebraska's job is open as well. That's what it felt like to me that they'd be chasing a lot of the same guys. And I, Although, and I just feel like okay, as an Iowa fan, you just kind of have to sit and take it because that's just not the way Iowa is. Does sound like there's some pretty decent momentum behind this Leonard guy. Yeah, this you know, I, head coach there. If they do well these last 7 8 games, I I don't I don't see them giving it to anybody else. But what kind of a chance does he have? Clearly this team is not good. And it's not like he's some kind of offensive mind, he's a defensive player. 
So what what is he really going to be able to do? And how is this going to tell you what he's going to do in recruiting? I do think they're going to give him every chance in the world to win this job. Unless there's somebody that's already said, look, unless he wins every game, we're going after Leipold because he's a Wisconsin native. But I mean, Leipold would make a ton of sense there based on the history being the D3 legend that he is a Wisconsin native, but he also makes a lot of sense at Nebraska. I think that, so I, Danny just throws into the YouTube chat, Campbell to Wisconsin. I, I mean, honestly, well, how though, about like, a, how about regarding... this? How about a package deal? Campbell and Pollard to Wisconsin. <laughs> I don't think Jamie's going anywhere. I think he's, he's retiring at Iowa state, but like at some point though, like, I think the football people will always love Cam. He's a little bit like Pat Fitzgerald. Like, if Pat Fitzgerald, let's say, got fired by Northwestern, he would probably fall into a better job yes. than Northwestern because of the respect that he has. He's, and he's turned so many of those other jobs down, including, I correct. think, NFL jobs with the Bears. It, correct. And Matt has, too. Matt's turned down three or four NFL jobs that I know of. And the point being I'm going to make, though, regarding Danny's comment is let's say Iowa state goes six and six. Okay. Or even seven and five, whatever. Um, you know, it, it, there is it, there is a, some, there is some point hassle where those programs are going to have a harder time selling Campbell to their fan bases after last year's disappointment, right? Like you go to Nebraska and say, Hey, we're going to hire Iowa state's head coach that won, seven and six games the last two years. Like what's a Nebraska fan going to say? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like, I think the football people would, would go, Oh, that's a good hire, right? That Matt could do well there. It was Wisconsin. Clearly Matt could do well at Wisconsin. We think, but you still have to sell it. And that becomes more difficult. If you know, Iowa state flattens out here. And again, like fairness, their, their win total was at six and a half. Right. Like, so this wasn't supposed to be some 10 win type of season, but it doesn't really matter when you're trying to sell them to these fan bases that have this elated view. Like, what I'm talking more Nebraska than Wisconsin. Nebraska, Wisconsin still is who they are. They're winning Big Ten West. They're, you know, they're, they're doing all these things. They, they perennially win nine games every year, but Nebraska's winning three games and they still think that they are a program worth national championship caliber coaches, right? Like mm-hmm. that they truly believe urban Meyer would be blessed to be the head coach of the Huskers, which is crazy. And my, that's my point on, on Campbell. If he doesn't win eight, like if he goes eight and four this year, yeah, like he, but at some point you lose your sexiness to these other fan bases, not the football people in charge, but the football people in charge have to sell themselves to the fan bases. And it makes Matt a more difficult hire in some of these top level jobs. Who's more accomplished at this level, Matt Campbell or Lance Leipold? Matt Campbell won a Fiesta Bowl at Iowa State for God's sake. I never thought that was possible. The the Leipold's difference is a hot is, guy right now. Yeah, that Leipold is doing it now, and he just took over Kansas. Whereas Campbell, uh, you know, he made that big step at Iowa State, but then he stayed, and yep. it's kind of tailed, you know, not tailed off, but leveled off. Um, with last season with the high expectations and they didn't get it done. 
and now this season starting 0-2 in the Big 12. Um, I I do think that it it matters less what the fan base thinks at places like Wisconsin than it would at a place like Nebraska. Like I I think I I don't think Wisconsin has to sell their entire fan base like a Nebraska or like an LSU or you know one of the other yeah. major major programs, and they would be lucky to have a Matt Campbell. But uh, I I do I do see that. You know, whether it's message boards or or Twitter remarks on social media, fans aren't, you know, fans of other programs don't think Matt Campbell's done that much and certainly hasn't done that much lately and maybe has done less with more the last couple of seasons. But from looking at the Wisconsin thing again from an Iowa perspective, and you talked about the, the offensive relic and the offense being, you know, kind of in the dinosaur age where Iowa and Wisconsin are really the only two offenses that that operate the way they do. I would love to see Wisconsin go to something else. Because that would mean maybe there's a few more players that could fit what Iowa's trying to do. Because Wisconsin has done that better than Iowa over the last 15 years. So if... If they move on to something else, maybe Iowa gets a few more of these guys that fit those boxes, that fit those pieces where you can still have an offense like that and be successful. Because I don't care if you're running smash mouth football. You know, you're running out of the eye formation with two tight ends or three tight ends. As long as it works to a certain degree. Like, I don't think Iowa fans had a problem that much that much with the offense when when they were you know middle of the road in points per game and yards per game and all that it's when you've bottomed out that's because this year's offense is totally different than any years past this is just not comparable I still hear people saying I was been like this forever no no it has not been this bad it has not been this anemic so maybe Wisconsin going a different direction would be good for Iowa because Wisconsin has been better at being Iowa than Iowa has the last 15 years. Wisconsin and Nebraska both need to go, and this is the route I would encourage Iowa to go as well if there ever was a move. or You don't even have to make a move. Fire Brian Ferentz as the offensive coordinator, swallow your pride, and bring in somebody to modernize this thing. You really think Kirk is going to fire his son? No. I'm not saying I'm saying he should. Uh, you put out an asinine tweet. Which one? <laughs> During the game, this one right here. It's on the screen. <laughs> I know what you meant here. You weren't being literal comparing Brian Ferentz to Tom Manning. You did the whole handshaking thing. But what annoyed me, not with your tweet, was the amount of people I saw around Twitter. Which it, it actually was kind of fun because we had a lot of people like reaching out saying that they're enjoying the rivalry more because of our show, which is great. And we appreciate that. Tom, like, do not compare Tom Manning to Brian Ferentz is all I'm saying. I don't think Tom Manning is not orchestrating the greatest show on turf. Okay. I'm not making that argument. The last five years, I even pulled the numbers here. Boy, this really this has really got under your skin, didn't it? Well, I saw so much of it, and I thought you were like the ringleader of it. So I'm like, Cass is <laughs> out here directing the band. Uh, 2000, this is the last five years, Iowa and Iowa State's total offensive rankings. 120, 33, 
And on Saturday, I rest my case. What was it? 14 to 11 (laughs) in favor of Iowa? (laughs) I I tweeted that when. I I thought it was very unfair to lump Tom Manning in with perhaps the worst offensive coordinator in Power 5 football history. Hey, it was one of those days, man. You put up 11 (laughs) points against Kansas. You deserve all of it. And I tweeted that right after. I think it was third and 10 for Iowa State. And that was when uh, they threw they threw like a wide screen pass to the sideline that went for maybe maybe three inches. Oh, and then that third and ten. That color commentator was just getting so pissed at the short crossing routes. He was yes. <laughs> that, mean, he, that was all they were running. Yeah, he, he was so mad. Like that 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 color guy was just pissed. I don't know. I I would love to. I again. I think that. I put a lot of the five sacks on Deckers. I don't think the offensive line's very good, but I, I think that Hunter, if you watch the second half of Baylor and you watch that a lot of that Kansas game back, and he's he looks like he's spinning. And there's he looks other like reasons. a true freshman. Yeah, he does. He just looks like he's spinning, like right there, you know. And and that was tough. Uh, Trevor Downing had a tough game at center for Iowa State. There's a lot of Missed stuff out there, but to me, from afar, Hunter looked like he was spinning where, you know, that 99-yard drive against Iowa, you looked at him, and he was in control. He was in control of the football game, and it just looks different now. And how? I mean, against a much better defense, because Kansas defense is not good. Iowa's defense is good. You were in a more hostile environment at Iowa. It was raining. You needed that drive to win the game. I, I he he looks like he's lost confidence and he is relying way too much on X. I I am all for trying to get the ball to the best player as much as possible. But I don't think you can argue that he it wasn't a it, it was a detriment to the offense the way he was locked into him, especially that second well, half. Jalen Knoll. 13, I mean, in my opinion, is one of the most talented guys I've ever seen. Young guys come through Iowa State. He had two big catches early in the football game and barely got the football after the first quarter. Right? Like, so to Mm -hmm. to prove your point about locking in on X. The the offense still somehow managed to to move the football. They had 20 first downs. I think they only had the ball nine times in the game. And more than half the time, they got it inside the Kansas 30-yard line. Five out of nine times, they got it inside the 30-yard line. And they only come up with 11 points. And still, we're sitting here talking about the offense. But let's be honest. This this was a special teams catastrophe. Yeah. I've never seen that big of a failure in any. Every aspect of special teams. It was the muffed punt, which Kansas recovered, which we just saw if you're watching us on YouTube, Twitter, or Facebook. Sure, you have the three missed field goals. You often get a team that has a bunch of missed field goals. Maybe they give up a kick return for a touchdown. Iowa State had three missed field goals, a bad snap on a PAT. Sure, they made lemonade out of the lemon, but... 
They lost the fumble on the punt return. They had a personal foul kick catch interference. And they had a short kickoff that allowed Kansas to, one, return the ball, and two, return it all the way to the 45-yard line. No doubt. And it keeps happening. I mean, they haven't been good on special teams in a really long – I mean, last year, Mevis definitely came in and really helped the kicking game from a kickoff standpoint because he was booting it out of the end zone. But But Chris, we talked about how – It's a constant theme there. We talk about how strong-headed Kirk Ferentz is and defiant when it comes to the offense and the quarterback. What about Matt Campbell and special teams? Did you know? (laughs) Nobody knows this. This is what's even more terrifying. They brought in a special teams guy this year. Now, he's not technically a coach. He's an analyst. He came from the freaking Rams. He's like a special teams guru from the NFL, and this is still happening. I know those analysts, they pay him like twenty five thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, so maybe right. he's maybe, maybe he's only putting in coach. Yeah, I don't know. Twenty five thousand dollars worth of work because that was a usually when you have major special teams issues in a game, it's like one specific unit of special teams. Because yeah, there's like several different units. Or, yeah, this yeah. was all the way around. I've had enough of kickers. I had a very stressful Vikings game yesterday. Yeah, as you well. guys came up on the good end of it, though, right? Yeah, but we missed the PAT that allowed the Saints to tie the damn thing. It was just a very stressful weekend, but we'll we'll take it. Hey, real quick, I want to make an announcement here. No, oh. I'm excited about this. We have Whoa. a new sponsor, a big one, Circa Sports Iowa. Jumping on board to be the exclusive sports book of Iowa everywhere, baby. Fired up about this. Now, this comes with a couple of things. So, one, not not only is this Circus Sports Iowa the sports book, which is not just saying this, it's always been my preferred sports book because of the lines. The lines are better there. It and we're gonna have some circuit experts come on to talk to us about that. And I'll I'll do some gambling stuff. But this comes with a new show here on Iowa Everywhere. And it's going to start tomorrow. A very familiar name locally, Ken Miller, longtime uh, host on KXNO. He's still doing his KXNO show, but he's teaming up with a longtime friend of his and a Vegas guru odds maker, Mike Palm, who is an icon in that world. He sets lines. He's just he's a brilliant man. He's from the state of Iowa. He's originally from Dubuque hassle and mike is a guy i got to know for a couple years now and he's really excited to be able to come on iowa everywhere and do some more local content from where he was from so again what we're trying to do here at iowa everywhere we're not i like to think we're we're kind of this new age company but we like to um you know we're paying homage to jim zobble and uh, jim walden here with the name of this show You've got a couple of icons in the sports betting world, Ken Miller and Mike Palm, who are going to do a show every Tuesday from now on here in Iowa everywhere. It's pretty awesome. That's great. And it kind of sounds like uh, Mike was getting the itch like me. You know, you, you move yeah. away from Iowa and, you know, it's it, it's it's fun doing what we do, you know, talking more at, on a national level at, at in some points, but you really miss – Talking about what you grew up 
living each and every day, and that was Iowa sports. Yeah. And it's been so much fun so far to come back. And I say so far because you could ruin it, but uh, to come back and, and talk Iowa sports on a, you know, weekly basis with you and um I, I just I felt I felt like I was missing out. Ten years I've been away. Ten years. And you know, every now you know I could tweet about it or whatever. Every now and then we'd get a you know an Iowa or an Iowa State highlight on Sports Center or we'd do a segment on CBS Sports HQ on it, but yeah. now I'm in the weeds. Feels Again. good, doesn't it? Yeah, Feels it does. Good. It's it's nice to be back in the weeds. Well, that's a powerhouse show that we're adding to Iowa everywhere. I think we're I I don't have the official name for it yet, but I'm meeting with those guys later and we will be launching it Let's tomorrow. Palm Palm and Miller. We're uh, probably gonna go something with like a sports betting swing to it. We'll see. Mm-hmm. But uh circus sports, circus sports book. Uh you and I will be out in Vegas for a couple of shows at some point during mm. the year. Yeah, so that they're phenomenal. Like the thing I love about Circa, and I've worked with a lot of these big sports books, obviously because it's such a big thing now. Thing I like about Circa, it's like they've got an owner. Oh, okay. I want to text the marketing person. There you go. It's not like this giant publicly traded company, mm-hmm. right? And it, they, I, I really love the company. I think that they do they do things really the right way and. To have Mike Palm being a guy from Iowa is just—it's a phenomenal partnership. So yeah, that's great. Can't wait to get out there and see it. I, I have not been to to Circa out there. Uh, last thing here, and then I want to get to a couple of national stories. So what's this deal with uh, the Bear? You sent me this thing about Chris Felica. Uh, ah, yes. Yeah, right here. Let's go over this stat. This is fascinating. So uh, the Bear from Game Day tweeted on Saturday that uh, decisions like that are why Iowa State continues to lose games. And I think he's talking about not going for it on fourth and one and kicking the field goal instead. But I'm focusing more on the second sentence, which is that Iowa State is now 5-14 and 14 under Matt Campbell when the spread is under four points either way. Whether they're a three and a half point favorite or a three and a half point underdog, kind of quote unquote toss up games. Iowa State is five and fourteen. So go the How other way. How surprising is that? Well, go. You can go the other way, and you can say yes, he's not. He, he's he's knocked off teams when he's been an underdog, and he's you know he's won games where he's a substantial favorite. But these are the games. If you're Iowa State, Matt Campbell's. His line has always been win in the margins. This is the definition of winning in the margins. Yeah. Winning games like this. Winning games on special teams. And he hasn't he has not done that. He's done a ton of other things. Mm-hmm. It's quite impressive what he's been able to do considering he's 5 and 14 in toss-up games. These are the difference between being 7 and 5 last year and 10 and two are making that dream playoff run that was discussed at the beginning of the year. Mm -hmm. And if this would, if this were to hold true, Chris, then it's going to be a long rest of the season. Oh God. Because I I mean, Kansas state coming up is a pick them here. Yep. That's another one right there. But look at the rest of the year. Most of these games, 
are going to be a field goal either way, unless you really tank here. But power ratings love Iowa State football in general, and that's what Vegas goes off of because their defense has been really good, and they've had a really good running game with Brees Hall and David Montgomery, and they've had a consistent quarterback in Brock Purdy. Well, now you you don't have an NFL running back. Brock's gone. Um. And now you're starting to get the reputation, as as Felica points out right here. So it's an, and it's a deserved reputation because the t- statistics back it up. If that holds true, Iowa State probably won't go to a bowl game this year, <laughs> because I think most of the most of the spreads will be in that realm. Now I will back up here. I think that they still will get to six. Getting to seven is a lot more difficult now, after dropping both of those first two. I still think that the Big 12 is just these teams are really neck and neck. Like, what do you think about Oklahoma State now after they went to? Boy, kind of like Michigan. Like, I, I couldn't go with them because I just hadn't seen it yet. Yeah, yeah. Now they've shown it. And, boy, maybe they're the team to beat in the Big 12 now. Yeah, it just I, I they're getting a lot of, like, playoff love now. And I just, I don't know. I can't see anybody winning out in this league. Like I just, and I have a feeling if you're 11 and one in this league, man, you're mm-hmm. going to have to get some help to get into the final four because this league's just not, there's not enough beefcakes, you know, unless well, look at Oklahoma. They're Owen two now <laughs> just getting killed. Right. Yeah, like I, you, you used to we be did like, our, hey, uh, we did our predictions for a big 12 championship game before the first uh, conference game. And I had, oh. Iowa state in Oklahoma. <laughs> I had Texas what an in Oklahoma. idiot morons i hey iowa um, state can still win 10 games it's still mathematically possible but i had them winning against baylor and i had them winning this week i I had them winning against kansas so right now i'm i'm i would be shocked if they don't get to bowl eligibility shocked i think they will i think that they will i mean well is oklahoma have the worst resume in the league right now Yes, because they haven't. They don't have a single good win. Their best win is at Nebraska, and they got killed in their two Big Twelve games. Mm-hmm. They got killed like they weren't even close. They get Texas on Saturday. I mean, West Virginia at least like has been competitive on the road. Now they weren't on Saturday against Texas, but they beat an ACC team. They. Should have beaten Pitt. I guess Pitt just lost to Georgia Tech. So what does that exactly mean now? Mm-hmm. He's probably going to get fired. Looking ahead, it looks like Neil Brown will probably be out. Um, and then, yeah, I, I just, I don't know. Like I, I'm still like that was a great win by Oklahoma State. It showed me a lot. Baylor was one of my locks of the week. So clearly, I, I missed, I whiffed greatly on that one. And you but had just, Iowa State by two scores. Yep. Which which maybe they do if they don't have. I felt like I read the game right. I, honestly, and that's what's so frustrating about gambling, is I felt like I read that game right. I thought that the deep like, but they freaking can't execute. You know, like it just, it's maddening. It is just freaking maddening. I feel like this is the first time we've done a show where I'm more worked up than you about my team. I've just kind of, I just kind of given in. I just uh, the, a little apathy going on over there. A- apathy because, like, what I'm not going to exert a bunch of energy for something that's not going to happen. Like, th- a move is not going to be made. 
for uh, for Iowa offensively. It's not going to change. Now, Kirk Ferentz, he still seems confident. I know Van Wink, he's yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, let's his, talk uh, about this. His sabbatical. Van Wink has a uh, has a soundbite from Ferentz after the game. I thought our guys played hard today and competed hard, and that's where everything starts. And then, yeah, I mean, we overcame some really tough situations, and I think that's just reflective of the kind of guys we're working with. So um, that that gives me uh, hope and optimism that you know things will get better because they work hard. I'm seeing them every day show up in the building, good attitude and all those kinds of things. And it's never fast enough. <laughs> it's never fast enough. Uh, that's just how it is. But um, they're they're working at it, and it'll it'll come. It's going to come. Barring, barring some crazy thing, you know what I mean? Who knows? So, but no, we're going to be all right. So. Barring something. It's good to throw that in at the end, <laughs> just in case. Barring maybe somebody getting in the way. But when, when I hear that, that it's going to come, we're going to be all right. I, I always wonder when coaches or players say that, like, what does that mean to them? And... How does that compare to what it means for a fan? Like, does that mean um, we're going to start scoring more points? Does that mean we are going to become bowl eligible? Does that mean we're going to be fine and have a chance to win this division? Like, what does that mean? We're going to be okay. We're going to be fine. We're going to get it figured out. We're going to get these things cleaned up and get this thing turned around. What does that mean tangibly to the fan? I have no idea. Because <laughs> they say it all the time. Like, uh, don't yeah, worry, no, we're going to be fine. They've already lost two games. So you're already out of the playoff, Chase. Not that they were in hey, it to begin hey. with. But you've already lost the playoff. You're you're now the 130th ranked offense, if that makes you feel better. Colorado State's below you guys. Oh, did they? So, so that last touchdown? Progress. Yeah, we're the, making The meaningless progress. touchdown yeah. helped them pass. So they're no longer the best defense, and they're no longer the worst offense. Yeah, I, I don't know. It, to answer your question, though, it, it kind of is like the like when fans the the worst part of my job running the fan site is when things go bad and then the fans start to like cannibalize each other. <laughs> they just you know they get really mean and nasty with one another. Well, you're you're the reason we suck because you have low expectations and it's a loser mentality like you. And like to answer your question, everybody has different you know mindsets on that. Like to to me, I guess like I'm kind of at the point where seven and five for Iowa State is pretty good, like historically. But then there's uh, somewhere a 25-year-old who grew up watching Iowa State go to bowl games and has a higher expectation, and probably rightfully so, right? But you're talking about, like, okay, we're the we're the worst offense for the first three weeks in the history of college football. But they were really bad last year, and they won 10 games. So, like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to define that. I'm just talking in circles at this point. <laughs> But that, that's clearly just coach speak. That's just a guy who is trying to keep things somewhat positive as the season is going down the drain. We got two defenses at Iowa and Iowa State that continue to play their ass off, and it's sitting there at three and two. 
what is it with kickers though? Like, and I, I feel bad for that kid at Iowa State. Like, I I didn't even like. Clearly, the game was on him, right? Like, you make two of the, you win, even with the offensive struggles. But damn it, like, I guess I'm the I'm the kind of guy. It's just like if you know your kid is your kid being the kicker, and his mind spinning, don't put it in his lap, right? Mm-hmm. Like, just freaking put the ball in the end zone. That's right. what I I yeah. thought they needed to go for it on fourth and one. You were right. I I read that wrong. When I was watching that, I I thought at the time, listen, his kicks weren't off. He just made a field goal. <laughs> Has the there been a worse kick under those circumstances? I mean, what oh. happened there? Did you he see Barstool? I think it was Barstool tweeted out. Barstool tweeted something out that they had that that morbidly obese Michigan State fan trying to kick a ball off a tee and he just falls on his face. Ball goes three feet. He falls on his face. Like, the Iowa State for the win. Like, how, how do you miss it that bad? He's completely overcompensating because he had hit the right up. Honestly, like, he's completely in his head. It's totally in his head. You saw it when he walked out onto the damn field. The kid didn't want to be in that spot. And this is what's terrifying. What is that going to do to him for the rest of the year? Like, I was thinking about that, that this morning. Like, he was how, five for five going into that game. How do you recover from that? He went out and kicked one in Kinnick Stadium. Right? Like, It's not like he had been horrible leading up to that. And I will say this. Danny is – I don't know if Danny's being a smartass here. They need the Mizzou kicker. Do you know who the Mizzou kicker is? Yeah, I, I, I watched him. Wait, it's the what? brother of Andrew Mevis, who was Iowa State's kicker last year. Oh, that's his brother. I knew they had the yeah. same name. I didn't know that was his yeah, brother. That's his, his big brother. Yeah. Big brother. Yeah, I think big brother or perhaps little, but I think big, actually. He's big. He's yeah, he's, he's like well, he's, he's like 270. Yeah. But, man, he was... was being- uh, he was drilling them against Georgia, but he did miss the game-winning kick kind of in Iowa State fashion don't uh, you think the week too, prior. If that first one, if the uprights and it bounces in and everybody's like, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. laughing about it, like his psyche's completely different. There's the no question. The but how could he not be thinking about the snap too? After oh, what yeah. happened on that PAT, how could you not be thinking about that? I don't know, but this analyst who came from the Rams better get his ass to work. <laughs> Your little special teams analyst? Well, what's... Uh, it's kind of okay. like Iowa hiring hiring that guy from Wisconsin to, to help with the quarterbacks. Keep him the hell away from Labus. That's all I have to... No, like that guy, whoever that, that volunteer coach from Wisconsin is. Uh, yeah, Do you really think we're ever going to see Labus... As a starting quarterback at Iowa, because no, I don't. He's probably going to leave, right? Like, yeah, I mean, I mean, but you can't. Petrus has another year of eligibility. <laughs> oh my god, that would be epic! I, oh my god, that would be so epic. What would you and John Miller do? I think Miller might just quit. I think he may just be like, "I'm done." Like, I'm not. I think you'd stick. I with I've gotten some messages on Twitter lately from Iowa fans who claim that they've just given up like they're not <laughs> fans anymore and I don't I don't know if I buy that that no, seems very beat, yeah you you guys beat Illinois he'll be right back same with us we beat Kansas State we're gonna we'll all be right back 
Come on. Mm. You see Saban? What the hell is wrong with Nick Saban? <laughs> Seriously. He's, he's like the Greg Popovich of uh, of college the, football. Saban's done a lot of like total dick moves to the media over the years, and a lot of them I laugh at. Like this one. Okay, so Bryce Young goes down. He's the freaking reigning Heisman Trophy winner for the number one team in the country. And he goes down with an injury. And this this kid comes in. And watching Bama's backup quarterback, after watching Spencer Petrus all day, and then you see that Bama backup come in. I mean, how maddening is that? Um, But it's not surprising. You know, Bama's got four four or five stars at every position all the way through the depth chart. Watch this interview with um, Saban and one of your colleagues from CBS. Coach, your Heisman Trophy winner, Bryce Young, goes down. The rest of the team steps up. What did you learn about the resiliency of this squad today? Well, you know, what I'd like to talk about is our team. You know, our team just won a game on the road. It wasn't pretty all the time, but they made plays when they had to make it. We love Bryce. Bryce has got a sprained shoulder. You know, hopefully, you know, we'll get some diagnosis on him and see how he goes. But what about the game? What about the team? What about the players that play the game? That's a guy who clearly did not listen to the question. No, he was going to tee off on her. It didn't matter what. It didn't matter what she asked. Because she did not ask him about Bryce Young. She asked him about how the team responded. Yeah. And what what about the team? What about the team? I'd like I'd like to talk about the team. You know, the team that won the game. That's what she asked. Listen. <laughs> Jeez. On top of that, and then we had I, and I completely missed this until I saw highlights. Greg Schiano and Ryan Day almost got in a fight. So Ohio State fakes this punt up 39 with 925 to play. This Rutgers wide receiver just creams the punter. It. I love it. I saw this. I loved to see that guy. I think it was the kick returner. Just come up and smack him on the sideline. Because what are you doing? What are you doing running a fake punt up 49 to 10 against Rutgers with seven minutes left in the game? Now, in 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 Day's defense, he claims that this punter made the read on his own. Um, but it's still but you can't do that. You yeah, cannot no, do that. That punter still deserved the yes. licking and, that he yes. got on and the And if sideline. you do do that, that's what's coming. The funny part here, too, is that these guys are both Urban Meyer protégés. They were on that staff together. So oh, there's, right. yeah, there's like a history between the, and they kind of like kissed and made up after the game. But I loved it, too. I thought it was great. Mm-hmm. I, it needs to be more like that. That SOB from that punter is going to think twice before he pulls that crap again. Oh right? yeah, he he may never he may never do it again. <laughs> he may never go after anybody ever. He won't even try to tackle anybody because he got his bell rung. Hmm. Other than that, it looks like Clemson may be back into the mix. Uh, what about my my Green Wave from Tulane? Pulling off the win Friday night. Our UTSA Roadrunners, where are you at this week? Where are we have to look forward to? I'm heading back to Birmingham. I've got UAB oh. in Middle Tennessee. UAB just got beat by Rice for the second straight year. I, I don't know how that happens. 
And Middle Tennessee, it was a, it was a pretty good effort. They put up some points against UTSA, but they lost on was that yeah. Thursday or Friday night? Friday I watched night. a lot of that game. They were a uh, dead man walking. That they had no chance of winning that game after. After they had beaten my, you know, those guys have been partying all week. And it's happened with pretty much every group of five team that's beaten a power five team. The following week, I saw it firsthand with Georgia Southern after they beat Nebraska. UAB beats them. That next week, bet against them. Yeah. <laughs> because I, there's just something about that. Did you see the quote from Rick Stockstill, the, uh, the head coach of Middle Tennessee, on that <laughs> win against because- Miami? Only because you tweeted it. <laughs> I had not seen this quote or heard it until the game. They put it up as a graphic on the screen that he said, Miami paid us $1.5 million and we gave them 1.6 yards of carry. <laughs> Amazing. Hell, with 1.6 yards per carry, Iowa State beats Kansas. <laughs> We're 4-1. and one. They could find a way to average 1.6 yards per carry. How much different would things feel for Iowa State if you just well, win that's that game? Terrifying. You just do one thing. You give the Felica quote, and now if Brock's going to be out, because Cartevius Norton didn't make the trip. So you're down to these. I, I don't think these other running backs are terrible. Like, I honestly think that they're okay. But man, I've reached the point mentally pick. where where I don't really care that much about who the running back is. Yeah, but you play a different game. I mean, you you guys are you got that old dinosaur offense. Like it does matter <laughs> at Iowa State. Like we're used I'm to talking having, for any team. NFL, we have an average, college, below like, average offensive line. We need good running backs. And there's not a single good running back behind Brock. I mean, I know they couldn't I, run it in that, in that game. Yeah, no, I think that they might be okay, but it it's pretty scary though to be down to your third, third and fourth string, and then you're talking Sam Brownlee territory. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 uh I, I don't I don't want to look ahead for either one of these teams because I I can see things unraveling quickly. Iowa's a slight dog. Iowa State's a slight dog. I mean, you lose these games this week. Iowa know. loses to Illinois. Iowa State loses to Kansas State. We're gonna need we're gonna need to have a therapist on next week. It kind of felt like therapy today, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, kind of in the same boat. All right. Well, very disappointing Saturday. Those games back to back. Just Iowa gets punched. Iowa State gets punched. Did you see the tweet that I put up? It was just a gif on Iowa everywhere on Saturday night. It was mm. just of Jeff Daniels having diarrhea and Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> it's just that kind felt of like day. we could all we could all come together on that. Yeah, and, and to make things worse for Iowa too, like doesn't it suck that Brett Bielema turning around Illinois? Mm-hmm. The dude has a tiger hawk on his leg. Yeah, there have been times where I've wanted him as Iowa's coach. And the the Big Ten West is still winnable somehow. Every single team is one and one for the most part. And I Minnesota crapped what the hell was this that? past weekend. I, Purdue was was gonna be my sexy pick <laughs> to win the West, and then I gave up on them because they couldn't stop anybody, and then they go in and they beat Minnesota. 
I, uh, I don't know. Who, who would you pick right now in the Big Ten West? Who is it? I'm not picking Iowa. That's for Wisconsin damn sure. Wisconsin now. They fired Chris. Now they're ready There's, to go. <sighs> hey, Matt, do me a favor real quick. Pull up my tweet from Saturday night. I want to show you real quick. This will be a perfect way to end. So when a lot of people's teams lose, they just get on Twitter and they bitch and they're just annoying. I go out and smoke some ribs from fair. Oh, I thought you were going to say smoke some weed. <laughs> I go out. I light one up. Yeah, Danny says it's got to be Purdue. If Purdue's healthy, I think that I maybe picked then. But like, I loved like- Purdue, and then they gave up boneheaded Illinois. late half, late game touchdowns to Penn State. Illinois, and then they the did the same thing a few weeks later. Those ribs look great. Yeah, look at those ribs I got from Fairway right there. Those Iowa pork ribs. What are those? What are those? Baby backs? Spares? Yeah. What are I they? do? I like baby backs. You know. Yeah, me too. I just prefer them. Uh, but the spare ribs take a little longer. I like a, you know, a little more flavor in the baby back, in my opinion. But that's what I did because I'm a real man. And I said, my team just scored 11 points against Kansas. I'm going to smoke some freaking ribs, and I'm going to make this day better. So thank you to my friends at Fairway for having such great Iowa pork products. And I also heard that you are going to uh, abstain from alcohol until Iowa State wins again. Is that correct? That is incorrect. Oh, okay. It's when we need it the most, my friend. <laughs> Illinois is the favorite. Illinois? Illinois is like, Illinois is like one play away from being undefeated right now. They lost that garbage game to Indiana. Like they're the. <laughs> but they, they lost to Indiana. You, I mean, I don't know. I have no idea. Like, Wisconsin sucks. Iowa has one of the worst offenses in the history of the sport. Nebraska's terrible. Northwestern is worse. Well, I know they're not even worse. Northwestern beat Nebraska. Um, (laughs) Honestly, is this in the Big 12 North back in the day had some rivals? Ooh, man, the Big 12 North. I I still. The Big 12 North, I don't know that anything could be worse than the Big 12 North. This Big 10 West rivals any of those bad. That's an interesting conversation. The Big 12 North toward the end there when... Towards the end, yeah. When Iowa State was almost winning the division and blowing it in the last game of the season. Has two co-Big 12 North (laughs) championships, but they never got to play in the championship game. I believe, I bought it ironically... I bought a co Big Twelve North Championship T-shirt one one year. Of course you did, and of course Iowa State <laughs> sold that T-shirt too. I have so many ironically purchased T-shirts when I have a few beers. I'm like, oh, that'll be hilarious. And then I win it one time. I'd I'd I, that would be a good conversation. This year's Big Ten West against the the Big Twelve North. Right. Toward I the will end. do some research for Thursday. Okay, and we'll have that debate. Okay. I'll do some research on that. Look forward to it. All right. Appreciate you guys. Thanks to our friends at Fairway. Uh, Big announcement. If you missed it earlier in the show, we're launching a new program here on Iowa Everywhere with our friends from Circa Sports Iowa, the preferred and the exclusive sports betting partner of us here on Iowa Everywhere. It'll be Ken Miller and Mike Palm, a couple of old school. These are like old school gangster sports bettors, man. They were doing it. They were doing it like the 80s yeah they were Uh, doing it back when you you could only do it through the bookie and you had to pack heat going in there 
<laughs> the so that so they're going to be launching a new podcast here on the network on Tuesday. So we're looking forward to that. And uh, thanks to all of you guys for watching and listening. Well, and I, Matt Ram my advice, my 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 one piece of advice: if if the spread is under four, don't take Iowa State. Do not play Iowa State. You've got a really good chance of winning, according to the Bear. All right, uh, good to have Matty Van Winkle back. He's the man, and uh, we'll end today's broadcast, and we'll be back on Thursday morning live, 8.30, across all the social media platforms. And, of course, like, subscribe, review, do all that good stuff on Iowa Everywhere, wherever you find your podcasts. Have a great Monday, friends. Iowa everywhere.